0: Hello everybody, this is the WQSU Weekend Wrap-Up with Gabby and Abby. The first article that I have for us is that the Trump campaign tried to sue Pennsylvania and Michigan on Wednesday and stop counting the late mail-in ballots. They want to demand more access to observing where ballots are counted, and they want a temporary halt in the counting of the ballots. And so Governor Tom Wolf responded to that, and he disagreed and said, quote, these attempts to subvert the democratic process are disgraceful. The Secretary of State, Kathy Buchbar, argues that illegitimate mail-in ballots can't be counted, and they wouldn't do that. As we know, Philly has had some mishaps in the past with illegitimate votes. Uh, but they've actually been live streaming them counting the votes so people can see what's happening and what that looks like. So what do you think about this whole Trump trying to interfere with the counting of the votes? And I mean, obviously the election is very different, so there's no rules on what should happen or how it happens like this. So what do you think about that?
1: Well, I think that this isn't necessarily a new issue or a new topic. I think it feels really relevant because there are more mail-in ballots than we've ever seen before due to the fact that there is a pandemic going on. And I think that we've seen issues with mail-in ballots, but it hasn't been an overwhelming number of issues. I think by the year 2020, where we are now, we've kind of figured out where we've gone wrong in the past. I know that it was a big thing, even with the Bush and Gore election and them determining whether or not some ballots were illegitimate. But I just think that people say we can't trust the media apparently, but they're telling us that there's nothing to worry about, that there's no evidence of this. And I think it's a little disconcerting to hear that from all of our major broadcasters, and then to hear President Trump come on television and hold his own press conference saying that none of that is true. So I think it's really just furthering the divide between his supporters and the Democrats. And I think it's also just furthering the divide between the media and the public. Yeah, definitely. I think it's very scary. And
0: I think it just keeps getting Worse as more votes are counted and as it takes longer to figure out who's going to win because I mean, it's so close. I mean, as of right now, Biden is winning with his electoral votes, and Pennsylvania just turned blue, but that could change at any second. And it's not the same as, you know, election night where we find out overnight it's been three days since the election and we still don't know. So, I think that just perpetuates the, like you said, divide between everybody.
1: Yeah, I think Virginia was a really great example of that because we, I think every major media outlet predicted it to go to Biden. And if you're watching on election night, it was red for a very, very long time. And Trump had a significant lead, or it would be significant in this election at least, because we're seeing very close. Races, so I think people were really confused, and then all of a sudden it got to be around 80 85 percent. And then all the mail in ballots started getting counted, and in a matter of hours, Virginia went to Biden, and it was crazy. Like, I feel like that was very representative of what we're seeing in every single state now, which is just strange and not but something we're used to. But it's crazy, I think. That's
0: a very good point that you made. I think Virginia is a perfect example of what's happening right now.
1: Yeah, I understand that it's disappointing for Trump and for his supporters to be seeing right now that he's losing. No one likes to lose. But I also just think that if he wanted to lose gradually instead of in chunks of votes, then he should have encouraged his supporters to maybe stay home as well and not go out in the middle of a pandemic because Democrats were really worried about it. And that's just what happened.
0: Yeah, I mean, Democrats were the ones that did the mail-in ballots for the most part. So of course, once they start counting the mail-in ballots, then of course you're going to have an increase in votes for Biden. It's just, that's just how it worked.
1: Yeah, I just don't think we should be Festering this idea of distrust in our government, especially in time like this, and I just think nothing good can come of it. Thanks. I mean, I think that he should pursue those legal cases if he does think that he has a case, but I think without evidence, I'm not sure he should be making these allegations publicly.
0: I agree, I think there's no real like you said evidence that's proving this. I think it's just that it didn't turn out what we thought it would be. So I think that's just frustrating for everybody.
1: Yeah, well, to go along with that, I have a story that I just read from the Daily Item. And on Wednesday, Union County actually decided to change course of their original plan. And they are going to count the ballot mailings that come in within the three-day grace period that Pennsylvania had originally instated, so that would be Wednesday through Friday, that as long as they're postmarked and they get to the county election offices, then they will be counted in Union County. On the other hand, election officials in Montour, Northumberland, and Snyder said that they won't tally the ballots and they won't honor this three-day grace period. And these original rules are established by the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, so, as you said, Governor Wolf is adamant that we continue counting according to the state legislature. but I think these counties, like Montour, Northumberland, Snyder, are really waiting on word of whether or not Trump is going to be challenging this Pennsylvania State Supreme Court ruling with the United States Supreme Court. And we know that Republicans, I mean, technically, everyone on the Supreme Court should be bipartisan, but Trump has appointed a lot of officials to the Supreme Court, and I think these counties are just really torn on whether or not they should or not, because it is labor, it is keeping people there for longer, and these are volunteers, some people, and it's weird that we can't even figure out when we should be stopping counting like, as a unified level. I mean, we see it now even looking at the Electoral College that some states are completely done and have been since Tuesday or Wednesday morning, and now here we are on Friday, and some counties and states just don't know what to do.
0: Yeah, I think this is definitely a consequence of when you have a president who's saying one thing, and then the local state governments are saying another thing so then these counties are just stuck in the middle like okay well if you're saying one thing and you're saying another thing like who do we look to to figure out how to solve this problem and it's definitely a problem if like you're still in the middle of counting votes and you know the president says stop counting votes this is not right but the governor is saying yeah keep counting the votes so it's like well we're still like in the middle of it so it's like do we still keep counting the votes or do we just stop right here? Because this could determine a lot of the election. Like if you just stop counting the votes right here, then that's just like a ton of votes that aren't being represented.
1: Yeah, I think it's scary to think about that people felt that they didn't want to leave their house. And maybe, I mean, I'm glad that some people think they have the privilege of just Ignoring this pandemic or the privilege of if I do get sick, I can deal with it. And some people don't have that. And they're really worried about it, but still wanting to exercise their right as a United States citizen to vote. And now we're seeing that that could have possibly been threatened. I think that says something scary about our democracy right now. Yeah, I think democracy is really being.
0: Uh... Not threatened maybe isn't the right word, but in question right now since we are a democracy and you do have the right to vote for who you want to be in office. And if you stop counting the votes when you were told that if you postmark them by November 3rd, you would be represented and then the counties change their mind, it definitely sets a precedent that maybe your voice isn't represented in government. Yeah, I agree. So moving on to COVID, since we were just talking about the pandemic, Pennsylvania released a plan for how they want to distribute the vaccine. They said that there's no plan to release one as of yet, but they released the plan anyway. And Health Secretary Rachel Levine said she wants to prioritize frontline workers and those working with susceptible people. So that includes senior citizens and those people that work in nursing homes with the senior citizens, and of course, all the frontline workers who work in the hospitals. Uh, The general public is in the third phase of the plan. And she said the vaccine would work similar to a flu vaccine. It protects you against the virus. And if you get the virus, it's not as severe. So I know the vaccine is a hot button topic. It was during the debates, you know. When is one going to be released? How will it work? I honestly don't know what's going to happen with the vaccine. I can't really tell when one is going to be released. I feel like there's a lot of contradictions. Like, you know, President Trump said there would be one released before November. And then he changed it and said before the end of the year. And one of the debates, he said that he had two different Companies working on one, but we haven't heard anything as of yet. So what do you think? I mean, this is just all up in the air. It's kind of all over the place, I think.
1: Yeah, I think it's really smart that they have a plan of distribution, at least in Pennsylvania. I think it's hard because it's going to be different state to state, like everything with this pandemic has been. I think Depending on who wins this election, there may be some national standards implemented by Biden, or we may continue what we're doing now if Trump stays the president. But I think that's hard. Even if Pennsylvania distributes the vaccine evenly and everyone agrees to take it, which is, again, sort of unlikely. Then. It's different state to state, and people may not be listening to a lot of travel restrictions, especially during the holidays coming up, especially with the weather getting colder and then warmer. I mean, people are restless even right now. We were talking about that last week with COVID cases increasing because we had sort of talked about that maybe people were getting a little too comfortable with just going out again. So I don't know. It's interesting. I'm worried about frontline responders now that this new wave is happening and I think it's smart that in Pennsylvania at least they'll be one of the first people to get the vaccines because we need people to take care of the sick people. And I think that that was even represented in Washington when we started to get those first cases in that nursing home in Washington and They were calling on the government for help not only because there were too many patients coming in, but also because their staff themselves were getting sick, and then bringing home to their families. And it's just really important to consider that these healthcare workers are putting themselves on the line every single day they go to work. Now,
0: yeah, I think uh, it was a great point what you said about you know the distribution of it and how long it will take until this whole social distancing and masks thing is over because like you said each state has a different plan and then there are going to be people who don't want to take this vaccine which you know puts them obviously at risk of getting the virus which nobody wants to happen but it could take a very long time even after the vaccine is released for things to go back to normal so that's definitely a scary thought but i think it's great that they prioritize the frontline workers and get it safe for them first so we don't have the same problem that we did in March when there's just not enough workers to take care of the virus. So I think it's great that you start with people that need it most so we can continue this system that we have and stay up and running and don't have to go into another lockdown like we did back in March.
1: Yeah, I just, I'm not sure that we could even economically afford that kind of lockdown again. And I think it's important that in the upcoming months, we regain some sense of unity in terms of figuring out a plan and working together as a country to keep everyone safe, because No one wants to be sick and I don't know, I think that we could come together and not completely get rid of this virus, but at least try to lessen the damages that's already done to our families and our communities.
0: When we all came together back in March, I think that was the most unified we were this whole time. And then, you know, as the restrictions got lifted and people started going out again, then, you know, we weren't all together again. We weren't all thinking the same thing that, like, the coronavirus is terrible and we need to stop it. I think once restrictions got lifted, we kind of thought, like, oh, we don't need to worry about this anymore. But of course, we do.
1: I think it became, well, there are people now that are super paranoid about it. And who does it really affect? Does it affect me personally? So do I have to care? And then there are people that. We're still not leaving their house. We're still worried about going to work every day. And I think we just need to establish a middle ground. And it shouldn't be something we argue about. It should be something that we're thinking about as a community. Yeah, I agree. But moving on from the coronavirus, I wanted to talk about the fact that Bald Top Road in Danville is finally reopened as of Wednesday. Yay! It's been closed since late May of 2019 because parts of it were collapsing and the detour was six miles. And from what I've read, according to The Daily Item, the community is super pumped about this. I think that, well, I'm sure that the contracting company had gone past their expected deadline and they were getting charged every single day extra until they had finished because it had been going so far past when they expected it to be done. But there were delays because of coronavirus, because of various reasons, but I just wanted to talk about it because I'm remote right now, but I remember taking that six mile detour and it was a lot. And I think this will take some stress off of people's lives in the Sealands Grove Danville community. And that's I bet. I'm
0: <laughs> yeah, we all need um, a road to be opened. We need that little small victory.
1: Yeah, a road to be <laughs> opened metaphorically and literally. It would be nice. Yeah, so, I'm
0: happy for them.
1: Yeah, I'm happy too. I can't wait to come back to school potentially in the spring and not have to take that six-mile detour. Nice. going to change my life for the better, honestly. It's the small things. You know, <laughs> It really is.
0: I have some happy news, too. In Snyder County, there was a $1 million lottery ticket sold, uh, according to the Pennsylvania Lottery. Uh, It was the $1 million Merry Money Scratch-Off, and it was sold at Quick Shop on Route 522 in Creamer. And along with the lucky winner, the store that sold it gets an additional $5,000 for selling the ticket. So... Congratulations to whoever got the ticket. I hope you spend it wisely and congrats to the store for getting an extra five thousand dollars for just selling the ticket. Wow. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah congrats to them. I know that every single time someone in my county wins a lottery ticket somewhere near me my mom always goes to buy lottery tickets at that place.
0: (laughs) Yeah I'm sure they're seeing a a great increase in sales of lottery tickets.
1: Yeah, I mean, you never know. It could, could be not the only million yeah. in that store. So, What Kinda would you do though. if you won the million dollar ticket? Well, I have to be sort of pessimistic. Like, I feel like every time my dad talks about lottery tickets, he always says, well, it's one million before taxes. So yeah, sure my how dad does that too. Yeah, so I'm not sure how much I would actually get. Maybe I would buy a new car, but also maybe I would just pay off some of my loans. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, what would you do? Honestly, I would probably go to
0: Disney World and just like also pay off my student loans. But then with the rest, I would go to Disney World, take my whole family. That just seems like a nice family-friendly winning for all of us. I love that.
1: I was thinking that this is the first summer in my whole life that I have not gone to an amusement park. Oh, that's sad. It was was a weird realization. I never considered amusement parks to be a part of my identity (laughs) until then. (laughs) Amusement parks are
0: part of everybody's
1: identity. You
0: always just associate memories with them. I don't know like why they're so sentimental. It's just like, oh, remember that time we went to this place and went on that ride? Like these amusement parks could be the lowest quality ever, but you still have so much fun.
1: Yeah. Well, the last thing that I wanted to talk about was the Regional Engagement Center or the REC in Snyder County. For those of you who don't know, it's sort of like an after-school program, a youth center, where kids can come and they can socialize, there's homework help, there's a library, they have mentoring programs, they hold summer camps, there's music classes, art classes, teen leadership programs, health and wellness classes, cooking classes, it's mostly for kids, but some of the things are for all ages and it's just a great place for the community to kind of come together, maybe focus on things that aren't so depressing like the coronavirus and the election happening right now. And it's a really important thing for Snyder County and they're holding a fundraiser right now. It ends on November 15th. So there's still some days to donate and they're really just looking to buy more PPE for the staff and the program attendance coronavirus has also hit them hard along with all the local businesses and their nonprofits so you can imagine it's even more so. and they're also looking for money to keep their Zoom account active give kids access to Zoom as well they're even talking about Minecraft accounts so that kids can socialize virtually and Aww. they need food for Friday distribution that they do around the community. And they're also just looking for money so that they could even give kids free passes for the summer camps, things like that. And it's really easy. You could just go onto their website and donate there, or they have a PO box that they have listed on their website as well that you can send your donation into. And I thought it was important to bring up, and so did Dawn and Amber of WQSU because it's a really important place for the community. And it's important that kids have these places that are outside of their home lives or even the institutions of schools where they can be themselves, learn some new things, and maybe get access to things that they wouldn't have normally.
0: You don't know like how much of a difference these kind of places make to children who, You know, struggle in school and have difficult home lives. These rec centers are like everything to these kids where they can make friends and socialize and learn a bunch of new different things. So I think it's really important that people donate money to this place and make sure it can still hold everything that they usually do because now more than ever is the time that kids need to have a place
1: like this. Yeah, I agree with you. Well, we wish them the best of luck. Still around under 10 more days that you can donate and.
0: Oh, well, best of luck
1: to them. And what was the name of it again? Just so our listeners can find them. It is the Regional Engagement Center in Snyder County. That's all I have today. Yeah, I think that's all we have for today. And this has been the WQSU weekend wrap up with Gabby and Abby. Thank you for joining us and hold in there. (laughs) Best of luck to everybody.